On February 13th, 2019, NASA tweeted out a sad message. To the robot who turned 90 days into 15 years of exploration, you were and are the opportunity of a lifetime. Rest well, Rover. Your mission is complete. It's strange to get a little choked up saying these words, to feel sad about a robot on another planet, but I'm guessing you feel the same way. And today I wanted to look back at the history of the Mars Exploration Rovers, Spirit and Opportunity. To take you through their creation, launch to Mars, the amazing discoveries they made, and of course, how they finally died. In the 1970s, NASA's Viking landers demonstrated that it was possible to land gently on the surface of Mars to sample the rocks and atmosphere. The problem with the lander, of course, is that you're stuck to your landing site. To really perform geology on Mars, you need to be able to travel around with a rover. This technology had been tested on the moon by the Soviet Lunokhod 1 rover, which operated for 11 months. The Soviets attempted to send rovers to Mars, but their Mars 2 and 3 missions failed. It wasn't until July 4, 1997, when NASA landed the Mars Pathfinder mission on the surface of Mars with its tiny Sojourner rover. This mission lasted for just two months, with the rover exploring just a few rocks around the landing site. From this mission, though, NASA learned several lessons about what it would take to seriously travel across the surface of Mars, performing geology on the go for months and months. These lessons became the Mars Exploration A and B rovers, later named Spirit and Opportunity. These twin rovers were designed to be much larger than Sojourner, essentially the largest mass that could be sent to Mars using a clever airbag landing system that had been developed for Pathfinder. Their primary science goal was to find evidence that liquid water had ever existed on the surface of Mars. The red planet is cold and dry today, but if Mars had once been warmer and wetter, it could have once had life. Spirit launched on June 10th, 2003. An opportunity followed on July 7th, 2003, atop Boeing Delta II rockets from Cape Canaveral on side-by-side -side launch pads. They cruised on a Type 1 interplanetary transfer, the trajectory that takes the least amount of time to travel from world to world in the solar system. Spirit arrived on November 20th, and Opportunity on December 11th. Both rovers arrived during the northern winter, southern summer on Mars, using a method pioneered by Mars Pathfinder. They used an aeroshell to slow their approach in the thin Martian atmosphere, and then deployed a parachute to get rid of more velocity. As they approached the surface, both spacecraft fired retro thrusters to slow their velocity, and then deployed airbags to cushion their impact. The landers hit the surface of Mars, bounced several times, and then rolled to a stop. The pedal shape of their landers allowed them to automatically right themselves no matter what direction they were facing. For their landing sites, NASA scientists chose locations they hoped would give the best shots of finding evidence of past water. Spirit landed in Gusev Crater, which seemed to have mineral deposits easy to sample from the surface while Opportunity was sent to Meridiani Planum, a former lake in an impact crater. It turned out that Opportunity had actually landed in a small crater called Eagle, and scientists were a little concerned that it might not be able to crawl out. Fortunately, it was able to go up the slope and out onto the wide open plains. Both rovers were originally given a 90-day mission timeline. 
but months into their missions, it was clear these hardworking robots would earn many extensions. We'll talk more about that shortly. The rovers were equipped with a range of instruments that would let them analyze their surroundings, such as their rock abrasion tools, or RATs. These were grinders they could use to scour the top layer off a rock. Then they would use their microscopes to take close-up pictures of the rocks for geologists on Earth to study, as well as spectrometers to study the chemicals that made up the rocks. Rove, grind, analyze, repeat. The first major discovery came almost immediately when Opportunity uncovered evidence of the mineral hematite in the tiny crater that it landed in. This is a mineral that forms on Earth in the presence of water. When it dug into the regolith all around it, Opportunity found tiny spherical granules known as spherules. These were later confirmed to be concretions, tiny rocks that were grown in aquatic environments with the presence of iron. One of the best examples of these is the berry bowl, where you can see these spherules collected atop a rock. And you can see where Opportunity ground one down with its rat to see what they're made of. On the plains around Gusev Crater, Spirit found the basalt rocks around it contained olivine, pyroxene, plagioclase, and magnetite. And again, these are volcanic rocks which can be altered by the presence of water. At a place called Comanche, Spirit found rocks with 10 times the regular concentration of magnesium and iron carbonates, showing that the area was warmer and once had a thick atmosphere of carbon dioxide as well as liquid water. Electrostatically charged Martian dust clung to the rover's solar panels, degrading their efficiency, and this was how NASA expected the rovers would eventually fail. Without enough electricity, they wouldn't be able to keep their electronics warm during the frigid nights on Mars. By 2005, Spirit's panels had decreased their power output to 60%, and operators figured it was just a matter of time. But on March 9th, the rover's panel suddenly jumped up to 93% efficiency again, and Spirit recorded images of dust devils speeding across the surface of Mars. These cleaning events, whether they're dust devils or some other kind of phenomenon, kept the rovers alive, allowing them to work for years longer than originally planned. But the rovers were already starting to get wear and tear on the surface of Mars. A major problem came when one of Spirit's front wheels had seized up. In order to compensate, NASA had the rover drive backwards, dragging its dead wheel behind it. This ended up making a major discovery. While it was dragging its wheel through the regolith in the home plate region, it turned over soil that was 90% pure silica. Here on Earth, this kind of silica is found around hot springs or steam vents, regions which often contain a tremendous amount of life, feeding off the geothermal and chemical energy. In 2007, a global dust storm whipped up across the entire planet of Mars. Astronomers have seen these dust storms in the past, and they can significantly darken the skies from the surface of Mars. NASA announced that the 2007 storm was blocking about 99% of the direct sunlight falling on the rover's solar panels. If their electronics got cold enough, the rovers would fail. Both were carrying tiny pellets of decaying plutonium which kept them warm, as well as electric heaters. But if the batteries ran out before the sunlight returned, they wouldn't be able to recover. But incredibly, they did. The storms abated and the rovers kept moving. In 2010, Spirit was exploring a region called Troy. 
it had lost another wheel in the back, so it was severely crippled when it got stuck in the soft soil. Trying as hard as they could, operators couldn't get the rover out of the sand trap. And this was key, because the rovers normally spent their winters parked on a south-facing slope where they could maximize the amount of sunlight they get on their solar panels. As the Martian summer shifted to Martian winter, Spirit received less and less sunlight. Its last communication back to Earth was on March 22, 2010. After that, it probably continued to shut down its systems one at a time until it didn't have enough power to keep its electronics warm during the freezing winter. Over the course of its exploration, Spirit had driven almost 8 kilometers and spent 2,208 days actively exploring the surface of Mars. Spirit was gone, but Opportunity was very much alive and continuing to make discoveries. And I'll get to that in a second, but first I'd like to thank Joel Brinton, Francis Tony, Schmieb, Wes Kobernick, Lucinda Williams, Robert Goldwine, Donovan Gustafson, and the rest of our 812 patrons for their generous support. If you love what we're doing, you want to get in on the action, head over to patreon.com slash universe today. As Spirit succumbed to the frigid Mars winter, Opportunity continued its explorations. Once it escaped the tiny Eagle crater, Opportunity roved to a larger crater called Endurance. It was inside this crater that Opportunity found perhaps the best evidence that Mars was once habitable. The rover found clay minerals that had been formed in neutral pH water. This was a place that microbial life could really flourish in early Mars. From there, Opportunity explored Victoria Crater and then the even larger Endeavour Crater. On its way from Victoria Crater, Opportunity passed through a region filled with bright veins of gypsum. This is a mineral that's formed when water flows through cracks in rocks, leaving behind calcium-rich deposits. The beginning of the end began in May 2018, when NASA's Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter began tracking the buildup of another global dust storm. By June 12th, it covered a quarter of the surface of Mars. A week later, it was encircling the entire planet. This wasn't an ordinary dust storm, though. It was the most powerful that had ever been recorded, shrouding the atmosphere so that very little sunlight could fall on Opportunity's panels. The rover hunkered down, shut off every system, and tried to make its power last long enough for its heaters to keep it alive during the storm. By July 23rd, the dust storm started to subside, but there was no communication from Opportunity. Mission operators continued to send commands to the rover through 2018 and into 2019, but after more than 600 failed attempts to reach Opportunity, NASA finally declared the mission over. On Wednesday, February 13, 2019, scientists from NASA's Jet Propulsion Lab announced that they had done all they could. Opportunity was gone too. In the end, Opportunity had driven over 45 kilometers across the surface of Mars, lasting 5,250 days, almost 15 years, so much longer than the 90 days that were originally planned for. Between the two of them, the rover sent back 342,000 raw images of the surface of Mars. It's going to be sad for a while reporting on the exploration of Mars, knowing that only curiosity is still on the move. Mars InSight landed and will quietly be listening to the Martian interior for evidence of volcanism. But we won't have to wait long. 
The Mars 2020 rover is under construction right now, and next year we'll see it blast off from Mars, bringing another set of eyes to the red planet. It'll be followed by Europe's ExoMars rover in 2021, recently renamed to the Rosalind Franklin rover after one of the discoverers of DNA. I look forward to a day in the far future when explorers find spirit and opportunity again, patch them up, and send them out to continue exploring the surface of Mars. I know they're just robots, but I think there's no place they'd rather be. Farewell for now. What do you think? Let me know your thoughts in the comments. Once a week, I gather up all my space news into a single email newsletter and send it out. It's got pictures, brief highlights about the story, and links so that you can find out more. Go to universetoday.com newsletter to sign up. Did you know that all of my episodes are available as an audio podcast too? Search for Universe Today in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts or add universetoday.com slash audio to your podcatching software, and I'll put a link in the show notes. And finally, here's a playlist.